0: This is your host Ronnie Fernandez LCSW, licensed clinical therapist and owner of Ronnie Fernandez Therapy. But for guys, if you want to know more about me and my private practice, go to ronniefernandez.com. Hello and welcome to Mindset, the guy podcast where men talk about their life challenges and how they how they were able to overcome them. My goal with this podcast is to help men better express their thoughts and develop a mindset to better deal with with their life challenges. This podcast is not clinical therapy. The men that I interview are not my clients. But have great stories on how they were able to develop a mindset to conquer their challenges. I'm not a professional interviewer or host, so please forgive me for all the ums, pauses, and misplaced words. With that being said, let me introduce you to my next guest. All right, um, Rich, Rich Cook, right? Cooks, yes. Cooks, Rich Cook. I'm am always bad with the names. That's always <laughs> bad with the names, man. Me and Rich have we've known each other for a long time now. I mean, if we go back to um, God. I was twenty. 22, 23 years old, kind of working at at a at a nonprofit called Boys Town. Um, a nonprofit was like a shelter for for kids, and um, we worked together, um, you know, watching these kids that were either removed from their home. They were, um, yeah, they were removed from their home where they were coming out of juvenile homes. psych home, hospitals, psych hospitals, and we would get everybody from from the county, from LA County, so we would get people from from Compton, from Riverside, from even a couple from Orange County. And um, they were brought to us in a 16-bed facility, and we had to uh, provide them with shelter and um, some sort of skills. And we had to deal with a lot of their behavior. A lot of behaviors. <laughs> we dealt with a lot of behaviors. So, Rich, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself uh, quickly? Just you know, um, uh, your uh, your your background, your um, education, and kind of your experience. All right. So,
1: um, I'm Richard Cook. So I'm an associate social worker right now. I graduated from USC with my master's degree in social work in 2016. I've been in this field for about 20 years. I'm currently uh, working at Starview Community Services, which is a it's a for-profit, but we're a mental health agency. And I'm a therapist, and I'm also I also supervise staff there. I also and I have a caseload of kids. I teach anger management groups, parenting groups, social skills groups for kids. You
0: name it, I probably do it. Wow, it's a lot a lot of great <laughs> experience, and we've both been in the field for a long, long time. Yes, yes. <laughs> and uh, you know, now we're we're kind of um, we met together. When we first met. we were both single, and kind of. Um, um, finding our path and and now that we're we're older and have kids and and kind of in the in the same stages we, we i think we see a lot of the common things that are going kind of going around in in uh, in society and and um so we can talk a little bit about that but i first want to talk about like you know you kind of growing up and how you got to you know to where you're at now so right. can you tell me a little bit about about your uh your your background like where you grew up and where you grew up so i grew up primarily in uh between compton and long beach most of my life um
1: during the '80s, '90s, grew up in relative poverty. My mom worked sometimes two or three jobs to support our family. My father struggled with addiction for up until I was probably 21 or 22. My father struggled with addiction, so grew up in poverty. I'm, or I have four, I have three siblings, so I'm number three or four. Hmm. Um, and but one of the things that always kind of shaped me was education. Even when my father was kind of out of our lives, he always pushed education. My mom always pushed education. There was no excuses allowed in my house. There were times where our lights got turned off, and she would light a candle, give me a flashlight, and make me do my homework. And so then I began to realize that although my parents financially couldn't provide me with certain things, education could take me to a better place. And so education was always enforced in my home, even despite sometimes seeing my mom not eat so me and my brothers and sisters could eat. And that, that really motivated me that I wanted to do better. And that was always the message that she gave me. Like, I made choices of my life, but I want you to do better than I did.
0: Hmm. Wow. And what, is that what set you, set you a difference from, from other kids in the same circ, kind of similar circumstances where that, like, appreciation, do you think? Or do you think it was something else? Or I, it's,
1: it's funny because I, I've asked myself that question a lot over the years. Like, why was I different? Growing up in the same neighborhood, why did some of my friends choose a different path? How was I able to make it out where some of my friends that I st- grew up with are still stuck in that cycle of poverty, addiction, were lost to gang violence? Um, and I think it was, it was just the, what I got from home, even though, like I said, my dad struggled with addiction, and my mom, she was my mom has a high school education, so she w- didn't go very far in her education, but they always told me, that I'm not a product of our, my environment just because we grew up in poverty just because certain things are happening in our neighborhood you better not do that stuff mm-hmm. and it's, it's funny because like my mom during the time I grew up in Long Beach a lot of her relatives and her cousins were pretty big gang members in the yeah. city of Long Beach but even them they they saw me out like no you, you better go home we're not gonna have you yeah. out in the street so I like the neighborhood kind of protected me as mm-hmm. well yeah. um, and I, I, I got into sports um, probably in middle school and I would always have my basketball, my book bag with me. So even like some of the gang members in the, the neighborhood, if I tried to stay, like, nah, get your basketball, go home, you're not. So mm-hmm. I was kind of protected. I think that was it saved me, really.
0: That's that's funny you say that because that that's what I got a lot, too, with football. You know, with football and baseball where i would have my helmets or i'd have like something that i was playing baseball and it was like oh no you don't you don't belong here or you don't you need to go ahead and move on or just um like words of encouragement from like from gang members or whatever and it was just like yeah and that respect with with, with the uncles too you know the uh, uncles would be like you know drinking or smoking or whatever and even with with cousins kind of my my age or younger than me and they're like no you don't you don't you're not going to be a part of this and so do you think that's a, one of the big things is finding some sort of identities, finding some sort of thing, um, um, thing that brings you like um, confidence and, and sense of belonging outside of the family?
1: I think so. I, I think part of it, too, was um, just not getting caught up in a lot of things that, that were going on in my neighborhood because I knew who I was. And I think a lot of times, especially, and I see this in my work a lot with, with young men or just young people in general, that they don't know who they are, or they don't get those messages from home about self worth. They look for it in other places. Often, that those kids fall easy, or easy prey to gang violence. That's why a lot of our young women ended up being sex trafficked because they they're looking for other things. And I know another thing that helped me was, I was allowed to leave my neighborhood. Mm. So I didn't. I never went to school in my neighborhood because I always performed well academically. I was always busted for lack of a better word so predominantly white schools yeah. so i didn't so i did get better education i went to school in more affluent communities schools were funded better smaller student teacher ratio and i got a better quality of education and mm-hmm. so i think that was the difference between a lot of my friends as well and when they did have opportunities to go to these different schools their parents didn't have the foresight to send them because it was a little bit more difficult like for me when i was in high school i, w- I lived in north Lawmes. i went to school in at millican and lakewood or close to lakewood and i would have to get up at 5 30 and catch two buses to get to school on time mm-hmm. but i did it every day because i understood the value of the education that i was getting and i knew that it was a better school when i had friends that went to the local schools would we'll talk about fights at school all the time or just a different violence school or they would go to school and use drugs and that didn't occur at my school so i understood the difference in the value
0: mm-hmm. of the education i was getting as well yeah and the importance of like um and uh, you know, my parents weren't perfect either, but they had conversations with me. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It was more of like um, my dad used to say, "Don't uh, don't do what I do, do what I say," type yeah. of thing. And I know that's kind of been th- like uh, not a good thing, but having the conversation with your kids, even if you're not doing, you know, living the, the perfect life or whatever, but not being ashamed of it and just having that conversation and building that insight do you think
1: oh yeah yeah i
0: i think that with my father we're actually
1: really really close now i talked to him for a long time last night he was an example and he would tell me don't be like me he was an Mm -hmm. example of the things that i didn't want to be like and that motivated me because i understood like he he made the choices that he made um but i didn't have to make those same choices and he wasn't gonna allow me to make those same choices and so he was like a cautionary tale. Like, yeah. you, you're at a crossroads. You can either follow your father's footsteps and see the struggles that you're going through or you can
0: try to make a better life for yourself.
1: Yeah. Um, fortunately, I was able to choose the right path for
0: myself. Yeah, I think those conversations are, are so important. I, remember, I mean, I remember my dad, like, he was a truck driver and he would show me his hands. And like, look, do you want your hands to look like this? You know, and telling me to go to school and, you know, stuff that he's done and having honest conversations about it. And not, not becoming too preachy, but having a, those kind of, like, people might have, like, an awkward conversation. Like, they might think it's an awkward conversation. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, no, it, it's just it's just weird that the kind of similarities of, like, those conversations with your dad, yeah. right? And I think
1: it's, it's important to have those conversations. I think too often, especially what I find in this field is um, parents aren't honest with their kids. They're they're afraid to show their vulnerability to their children and admit that they made mistakes. And I think that for me, although growing up I didn't always understand everything, or sometimes I hated the decisions that my parents made. As an adult, I get it now. Especially now that I'm a father, I totally get it <laughs> and it, it, it understand. I understand it. I know when I um when I graduated undergrad, I was in West Virginia, and my parents flew out or my mom flew out with my siblings and I didn't even want to go to my graduation because for me it wasn't a big deal because in my house that's what they preach like they didn't celebrate when I graduated high school I was supposed to graduate high school. Yeah, yeah and so for me it was like yeah I was supposed to go to college, and finish college it's not a big deal I finished a couple of months early and I was just kind of waiting around on campus um for graduation I wanted to come home and my mom absolutely wouldn't buy me a plane ticket because mm. I think that was a more of a moment for her as well. Yeah. And I have a little sister and she wanted my little sister to see like you work hard. This is what you do. And I know I've talked to my little sister because I think that seeing the things that I did was inspiration to her because after I left for undergrad, I believe she was 12 and by the age of 15, she had graduated college and was wow. had
0: moved on her own. and was living in
1: Hawaii, attending school all because she saw that I went to college and I knew I was a role model to her.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that being the first one is really, it, it, it definitely sets the trail for yeah. for other i think it makes things easier for for our family members that haven't really seen a lot of like education success or even just kind of uh uh reaching their goals you know and uh, and seeing those i think it's a really big thing but yeah i mean i, I like what you're saying about just the, the importance of the conversations and the importance of like of, wow, and is there any other people, any other people that kind of helped you on your way outside of your family? Oh yeah, I mean, just growing
1: up, um, you know, an African American family, like church was always a big thing for us. And so I had I had people in the church that would kind of talk to me. It wasn't necessarily preachy or about religion because mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that would have turned me off as a kid. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, there was a, the pastor of our church, and he would he started a basketball team because we had a bunch of young kids in the church. He started a basketball team and he would be our biggest cheerleader at the games and he did a lot of activities geared towards youth and he, i mean of course at church so there was a religious aspect too but that wasn't the focus the focus was mentoring and then he he started a mentor program and i was one of the first mentors that he hired and i'll never forget i had a, a teacher at school i went to because i didn't want to be at the school i was at as a freshman in high school i wanted to be with all my friends yeah um and i would kind of sit in the back of class and joke and then she's pulled me aside one day it's like no you're you're different from your friends i'm not going to allow you to to fail and she would make me sit in the front of, it was math, so i hated math and i'll <laughs> never forget this 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 small asian lady and she basically told me like you need to get it together and she would make me sit in the front of the class and every day for four years when i was in high school she would check on me to make sure that i was doing okay and if i got grade that she didn't think i should get in a class that wasn't that she wasn't teach i wasn't even her student anymore she would pull me aside and talk to me and she kind of for whatever reason i don't know why this lady took an interest in me i have no idea but i'll never forget that i'll never forget that so i mean there's people that just help me in some way or another that i have you know friends moms my best friend in school uh, was a white kid who played basketball and he would come to like he, There was no white people in my neighborhood, but he would come yeah. from his neighborhood just because he wanted to spend the night at my house and hang out. And I would go to his house and his parents would just, it was I was like their son. Yeah. I was like their son. And then we, we became, became really close. So there's just, you know, there's always those interactions and encounters in life that you don't know what they mean yeah. until you're mature enough to appreciate them. So I had a, a ton of people that just helped me that. I can never repay, so I repay yeah. by the work that I do and just being that same exa- trying to be in that same example to other people.
0: Wow. How how was that experience where you grew up, um, your your family life? How has that made you a stronger person to overcome things that happen in you know your adult life? I think it it, it shaped who I am as a person, and
1: it's prepared me for for anything. So whenever there's a crisis or anything, it's probably not as bad as the things I experienced growing up. But, of course, when you are a kid, you don't know that you're poor because everybody around you is poor. (laughs) You you don't know that, you know, there's certain things that are going on that shouldn't be going on because everybody around you is experiencing that until you're an adult. And you kind of look back and reflect like, wow, like I've been through some things. But I know for me, it's it's resiliency. I'm, I'm starting to see that, especially in the work that I do that a lot of our kids are surprisingly resilient. They go through so much trauma and abuse and yeah. they still choose to make a choice. They still choose to educate themselves. They still choose to kind of persevere. And I know, like I said earlier, I was just always thinking like, what's different about me and some of my friends that I grew up with. I didn't let what happened to me define me. I didn't let it destroy me. Mm-hmm. I used it as motivation. Like, yeah, I'm poor now, but this is temporary. Yeah, And I had... Um, that same teacher i talked about she kind of just laid it out to me so you know what you're in high school high school is four years and like she even like drew up a timeline and that's math <laughs> and uh, that like like the average person lives to like i don't know like 75 it's like look how small of a blip four years is you can mm-hmm. do anything for four years just do what you need to do and the rest of your life is going to be great and then she would tell me like a lot of your friends one of my friends it's a pretty popular kid who's a terrible student though. Like yeah. he is gonna this kid is gonna peak in high school. This is gonna be the best time of his life. Look how much life he has left to live. Yeah. And that's sad for me to think that this is the most this is the best his life it's ever gonna be. Yeah. And that really resonated with me. Like, yeah, this is a short amount of time, so it is kind of worth the sacrifice, not going to the parties, you know, sitting paying attention in class because I want I had a bigger goal. Yeah. I had a bigger goal. And a lot of that comes from home. graduating high school wasn't the goal for me. It was a goal for a lot of my friends. That wasn't the goal for me. It was just a step and, yeah. and, and the ultimate goal. I had no idea what I wanted to be or what I wanted to do, but I knew, I knew I wanted to go to college. My older brother and sister went into the military. I knew it wasn't for me.
0: Yeah, I had yeah. no
1: desire to get up and exercise <laughs> yeah. and be told what to do and wear a uniform. Um, and so I think just a lot of those experiences, I, it just motivated me. and It, it yeah. shaped who I was. I, I wouldn't change anything about my life. I wouldn't go back and have a, I guess, quote-unquote, better life because I wouldn't be the person that I am today. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, that's spot on. It's, yeah. What would you tell somebody that's going through your situation, like 12 years old, same background, same kind of thing, what what would you tell them?
1: A lot of times with the the work that I do, a lot of the kids that I work with, the first question I ask them is, what do you want to do with your life?
0: Hmm. And
1: then, or sometimes I get the, well, I can't go to college. I can't do this. And then the question, well, why not? Just because nobody's done it in your family doesn't mean that you can't do it. And so I, I, I share my story, and I'm very honest with, with the kids that I, that I work with. And, it, and it's like, you know, my path may not be your path. Maybe you don't like school. College Maybe not be for everybody. But what it is, what is it that you like to do? The best advice I ever got is find, figure out what it is that you love to do and make that a job figure out how to make that a job if you like video games cool learn coding make video games so it's it's finding your path and not getting caught up in what's going on around you sure things might not be great at home it's temporary it doesn't that's not permanent It doesn't have to define who you are um i think a lot of kids what, what i see especially in some of the neighborhoods that i work with their parents have kind of given up and so and they preach that to the kids yeah they preach that to the kids or it's well you can't go to college because I can't afford to send you. Or there's tons of ways to pay for college. Yeah. You may have to temporarily go into debt, but you sacrifice for for the bigger goal. And yeah. so a lot, a lot of times it's just trying to just trying to change that mindset, trying to change yeah. that mindset instead of the automatic negative thoughts that come with it. What are some positive alternatives that, that we can develop? How can we turn those cans into cans?
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Rich. Yeah, thank you, man. Thank uh, you. No problem. Um,